All right, Senior Pastor, um, as we were, as we said earlier that we're going to be talking about how the Bible speaks to families, how the Bible speaks to families. And um, we're quite fortunate that the Bible does that the Bible does, in essence, um, speak to us in, in so many different ways. Uh, actually started in the book of Genesis when it talk, talked about the creation of the family, the creation of the man and the woman, and how they were able to now procreate, um, how they were able to now have um, offspring, have children of their own in order to, to spread and to populate the earth. Um, so God created the family and provides direction for it through Amen. the Bible. God created the family and provides direction for it through the Bible. Uh, we must realize that the Bible reveals God's will for the family and submit to its guidance in all family relationships in all family relationships, whether it be, you know, a relationship between uh, the husband and the wife or a relationship between the parents and the children and vice versa, or even relationships that extend beyond the borders of the traditional family, you know, um, of course, with stepchildren, stepparents, and, and um, also the extended family, aunts, uncles, and, and the like, you know, cousins, so forth, so on. Um, so it's, important that we turn to the Bible in order to see how to foster these relationships and to make them better um, in relationship to God and his word. Um, so Genesis, 20, Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. So now this guidance from the Bible says now there's going to be another family unit that is created out of the first family unit. So, Amen. for instance, in, 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 in this instance, senior pastor is my father. Um, he had his family and then now, from him, now I create my own family. So I'm leaving uh, father and mother and now creating my own family. And then now from me, now my kids now create their own families. And so the cycle continues throughout generations. That's why it is so important for us to go to the, to the Bible and to... Um, teach our children the way of the Lord because it becomes a generational thing. We are now teaching, if we teach our children the way of the Lord, uh, we hope that they also teach their children the way of the Lord. And so it continues, again, um, in a cycle of generations. So, you know, church is an integral part of our relationship process or this relationship process especially with regard to our relationship with God. Um, so there are, three, um, there are three things that we're going to be looking at very quickly. 
the origin of the family, which I just talked about uh, in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, it outlines that, uh, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. Um, the second outline uh, point would be the responsibilities of family, and that's outlined in Deuteronomy chapter 11 uh, and chapter 30. And then the third point of the outline would be the direction for the family, uh, basically giving uh, what the father or what the husband what the wife ought to do, what the children ought to do. That's outlined in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 through chapter 6, verse 4. So it's important that we look at these points and recognize how our family structure ought to um, work in relationship Amen. to the Word of God. Senior Pastor. Yes, and um, as we continue this, and um, I just want to say before anything else is said, that that song, Amazing Grace, is always one of my favorite, and um, every time I hear it, it really does something to me. And what a beautiful rendition that was for those who are listening to that, that song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And um, I closed my eyes and I was listening and brought tears to my eyes. But at the end, the expression was, praise God, praise God, praise God. And this topic that we're dealing with today must be done with grace. If, if we don't have God's grace, it's going to be difficult for the family. Let me also say that the family consists of man, woman, or husband, wife, and children, child or children that makes up the family. And let me repeat that. Man, woman, children. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, because it is evident that two men cannot have a child or children. So it's in God's design, God made Adam and saw that it was not good for him to be alone, although he made the creatures, the animals, and so on. They could not be a mate to Adam or a helpmate to Adam. So God caused a deep sleep. The first time that man slept, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon him. And um, from his side, from his rib, he made a woman. And she was different in her makeup in that although she was flesh of his flesh and bone of his flesh, she was different. But note here that she was made to be a helpmeet, not an helper. You know, some people think that that's what the woman is, that she's a helper, she's a helpmeet. She's equal with the man. Um, the Bible also tells us that in the married relationship, the husband and wife became one. In the married relationship, they became as one. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. 
And the Bible is not only speaking here of the physical union, but also of the spiritual union as well. Because love your husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. Um, pay attention to the creative um, session here of this, that he call it cause a deep sleep. First time that man experienced sleep came in the garden of Eden. And when he was asleep was when the Lord performed the first surgery that was done to man. He removed a rib from Adam's side, closed up the wound from that rib the Lord made heave. And um, we always, when we are doing marriage counseling, I say to people that uh, represented themselves to be married, that the woman was not made of the, out of the man's head to dominate him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, nor out of his side, but out of his side to be equal with him. From under his arm, he should protect the woman. And from near his heart, to be loved by him. So many, many things are that we need to pay attention to. Um, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And that was what Adam said. We also need to note that marriage is a divine institution. Man did not bring about marriage. So therefore, man cannot dictate how marriage must be. It must be done according to the divine will and the word of God. God said that. God said that. God brought the woman to the man. Adam called her woman because she was taken from his side. And um, note here that that is the glue that holds a marriage together. While there are many factors, the answer that we need to have on our lips and in our heart is love. Um, a love that accepts your spouse unconditionally. A love that is reserved only for your spouse. And a love for your spouse that bears all things and all brought this out, and this is very important, that bears all things. You're going to go through some things in your marriage. You're going to go through some things with each other, but bears all things. Not when something happens, you're ready to give up, you're ready to seek divorce. Um, no. Must bear all things. Believes all things. Not, not things that are bad, unless you find it to be so but believe all things that are true, all things that are righteous, all things that are lovely. Then hopes all things, hope in all things. Things might get bad sometimes. We, we, we take the marriage vow and we said for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and you don't wish for sickness to come, um, on, but you say until death do us part. So, you know, we open all things and we endure all things. Your marriage, your home life is going to go through some challenges, but you must hope for the best and don't do anything. I really cried yesterday. I was 
counseling with a couple and some things happen and they are at their wit's end. And I, I don't understand how love can turn so quickly. I don't understand how love can be so complicated because you love the person for who they are. Some people think that marriage is only about sex. No, it's not about that. It's about what the person has to offer. It's about how you care for the person. And, um, you know, we need to get back to that time we are having too many broken unions, too many marriages going apart. It has never been for the will of the Lord. And it could be that some of them were not really properly joined together. I want you to know that those people that you hear and see together for 40, 50 years, it's not that they didn't go through challenges. Um, even now, some people who have been married for 30, 40, 50 years are still going through challenges. But love must win. Love must be the only thing. Um, Frederick Robertson said marriage is not a union merely between two creatures. It is a union between two spirits. And I've always said that these people coming from different homes, different upbringing, different backgrounds, coming together to be one, it's going to take some work. And some people are not willing to work hard. You must work hard. When you, you don't just turn out your children if something goes wrong. So the same thing happened in marriage. You must work on the deficiencies that exist. You know, um, it's two different people coming from different backgrounds, different upbringing, coming together to be one. You're going to have to do some compromise. You're going to have to have some understanding and so on. But I don't want to kind of stray too much from the responsibilities of the family as outlined by the Word of God. And um, I was thinking about this. And uh, in this time and era that we live in, we really need Jesus to help us. Amen. Why? Because the devil is throwing his darts at us. And we have become targets to his subtle devices. And we are falling prey to his instincts. Families are falling, marriages are breaking, homes crumbling, church closing. Individuals find it hard to survive. But today, from his word, from this lesson, help is on the way. And we need to listen as the Bible provides a roadmap. Pastor Ho said it earlier, a guide post to each and every family. And I needed to remember that there was a family before there was a church. There was a family before there was a community. Families make up the church. Families form community. So if you break up the family, society ceases to exist. But God's design, God's design is for us to walk in happiness to walk in his word. And happiness comes to the family who prays and obeys. Timothy's upbringing by um, spiritual parents 
not his father because not not too much mention was not too much was mentioned of his father. Perhaps he wasn't saved or he didn't believe in God, but um, his upbringing was done by a loving grandmother and mother who formed the background for his growth. The words of the white man Solomon comes to us clearly today in this subject matter as well. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. Train up a child. Training is important in the home. Christian training is important. And when he is old, he will not depart. Um, our children must imitate us if we imitate God. Our children must imitate us if we imitate God, if we walk in the words of God, if we obey the words of God. Um, I want to say to all the parents listening today, give them education. Give them a home. Give them food and raiment. But give them a Bible first. Teach them the path of the Lord. Teach them the way of the Lord. And they will not depart from that. It's difficult to do that if you don't know God. Again, Timothy was taught God's word from childhood, and they gave him the wisdom he needed to find salvation. So pay attention to this lesson today. Make it a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. Not only are we to hide the word in our heart, we are also to wear it on our hands, which are always in view. Have you ever tied a string about your finger to help you remember something? We used to do that. The same thought is in play here. We are to keep the truth of God in sight. When we bind the word of God to our hands and eyes, we will make it central to all of life. We are also to pass our knowledge of the word of God and of God's working in our lives to our children. I just said that. We are to teach our children the word diligently, talking to them about the glorious truths at home and outside the home. And even now more than ever before, we need to do that. Um, most of us are black people, um, and we see what's happening in society. We need to instruct them what to expect, what to do, what if they are stopped by the police officer? How to conduct themselves? How to behave on the street? How to behave around other people? That's our responsibility to teach them that when they lay down at night and when they rise up in the morning, it will be fresh in their minds and that they will always remember it. This is what we are to begin the day with and end the day with God. That should be in our thoughts. Then um, we want to be a family that is obedient to the word of God. They are to diligently keep his commandments. They were to love the Lord with all their hearts. They must walk in obedience to God. 
we must cleave to the Lord, cling to the Lord, hold fast, and be loyal to him. Cleave is the same word used in Genesis 2.24 to describe the relationship between a man and a woman in marriage. In marriage, the thought is that all others are excluded from interfering in the relationship. Likewise, no other God is to find a place in the life of a believer. And if we live to these four steps, if we choose the life, uh, the family life that um, gives us blessing, as Moses set before them a choice, and Joshua put before them the people when he said, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. But he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Moses could not choose for the people. They had to make their own decision. And this is true. Your parents, children, I'm talking to you now, your parents, your pastor, or fellow believers cannot decide for you. You and you alone can choose God and choose the right pathway. Then he gives direction to the wife and to the husband. He gives the duty of the wife to the husband and husband to wife. And they are explained in the lesson that wives should submit their loving husbands as unto the Lord and uh, that the husband is to love his wife as God also loves the church. Um, must love the wives with the same kind of love they have for their own bodies. Then he also gives instruction to the parents and children. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. This is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All right, it's a challenge to us today that we go the Bible way and our marriage, our homes, our lives will be blessed of the Lord. I hope that you have gotten something from this and I hope that those who are married and those who are planning to be married will think about these obligations um, as given by the Bible, not as the world says, but as given through the scripture. Because in a marriage, it's very important to have God, to have a bona fide minister, and to have witnesses. That is very important. And in a family life, we must have Jesus. If Christ is in the family, what a happy home. I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. Things will not always go right, but my friends, if we stick to the Bible, we will end off well. May the Lord bless you today. Back to you, Pastor O. Thank you, Pastor. I mean, one of the things I wanted to kind of draw attention to is the direct connection between family and church. Family and church. A strong family builds a strong church, and I think you had alluded to that earlier. A strong family builds a strong church. But what happens if
family falls apart. Well, then, if the family falls apart, then that weakens the church. It does. Not saying that the church doors were closed because the church belongs to God, but it does in some way weaken that church community because we have churches popping up all over the place. Um, But if you are in a particular church family and your family dissipates or dissolves or, you know, is dysfunctional in whatever way, shape, or form, it does directly affect that church community. So it's important for us, I believe, um, that we really go back to what the Word of God says, that the father or the husband picks up the mantle for his family and that he governs his family in accordance with the Word of God. Something my wife always talks to me about, or she kind of reminds me, is that if the man is walking in accordance with the word of God, then the, the wife has no problem in following his leadership. Uh, there are many times we get stuck on that submission part, and it's not, submit, it's not submission in the, in the context of slavery. It has nothing to do with master and slave. That's not the context. It's talking about leadership and that the man has the ability to lead as God leads him or God directs him. And I was even thinking about, you know, there are times when the woman may have to lead because the man may fall ill or may become sick or injured, and the woman has to now take up the mantle of leadership for that family in uh, in order to function and in order to follow what God is, is saying or what God has mandated for that particular family. So it's, you know, there's a direct correlation between the family and the church. And if we have strong families, then we're going to have strong churches. Um, and so we want to encourage everyone to build your family around the Bible, around the Word of God. Make it Make it be part of your disciplines every single day. You know, read the Word of God together. Uh, and if you don't know what the Word is saying, that's why you have a church community. That's why you have pastors that um, have become overseers and have become uh, somewhat uh, theologians, so to speak, to provide counsel and provide guidance in accordance with the Word. Of God, to provide clarity so that you are able to, to walk in what God wants you to walk in. So it's very important that we do so. There's also a mandate um, on the woman as well. Uh, I, I was actually looking at the beginning um, how, you know, it, it talked about her being um, help needed uh, or a book that we use uh, described it as such, that the woman was help needed. And we know that when we go to certain uh, restaurants or, you know, certain establishments, they have the sign that says help wanted or help needed. And God, in his divine wisdom, looked at 
Adam and said, nah, Adam, this is a bit too much for you. You need somebody, um, you need a, a, another person to help you um, to provide some stability. Uh, we know that in the marital home that sometimes the man doesn't really know how to put things together. Um, you know, when you go to um, uh, the home of a, a, a bachelor, so to speak, you, you'll see that this individual um, has, you know, has, they may have a, a, a bed or somewhere to sleep. They may have a couch. You know, they may have, you know, basic amenities, basic things that they use um, on a day-to-day basis. But as soon as they have the woman that comes in, now she's saying, oh, no, we may, you know, we may need utensils. We may need a microwave. We may need an oven. You know, uh, we may need different things in order to provide stability for the home and to make this house a home. And likewise, I think it's the same with God looking at Adam and saying, Adam, this is too much. You're, you're naming animals, but you need someone now to provide some stability, to provide some perspective as to how uh, this ought to be carried out. So it's important for the woman uh, to be that, that, uh, that guiding light for the man. Because sometimes as men, um, men become frazzled, men become uh, disoriented at times, not sure where to go. And that, that woman provides balance um, and provides perspective so that the right decisions are made. Um, and the children as well uh, provide a good counterbalance to what the parents are trying to accomplish because sometimes the, the, the children can also provide perspective. I know in my personal experience, my kids have provided a certain, a certain perspective. Um, they bring a certain perspective to the table because they're about with their friends and they're about in their schools and, and they're talking to different kids and talking to different people, and they provide a good balance and a good perspective. So everybody has a voice in the family dynamic. Everyone has a voice. And to crowd out one voice and to have a dominant voice, I don't think, I don't believe that that's what God was trying to do. There, there needs to be an, a harmony. There needs to be a unity in the family structure between parents and children, husband and wife, um, so that we can all please God. And in doing so, we have a direct image of how God is or how Jesus Christ is with his bride or how God is with his people. Uh, There needs to be a unity, constant communication between God and his church. And so... We are hoping that from this lesson we will learn that the Bible, first and foremost, speaks to us. And that's where we need to go to, first and foremost. We need to go to the Bible to speak to us. And then from there, now, we can govern our families accordingly. We can, you know, do whatever we need to do in the context of what God wants 
uh, for the family and for his church. So, senior pastor, if you can, close us out in prayer. Uh, and if you can, just pray for the families, not only uh, with our local church, but also um, in our various communities. Lord, we come to you this morning. Your words bring clarity to all the misunderstandings that we have. Help us to be clear in our minds that your word is indeed a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Help us, Lord, to carry them on the tables of our hearts that we will indeed walk in the right. Hear us today, Lord. We are challenged in every hand. Families are challenged today. We see marriages falling apart. We see the breaking off of homes. We see the separation between wife and husband that have claimed that they love each other. Oh God, we've seen children torn apart. Children, oh God, don't know which direction or what to believe or what to understand. But we ask that your Holy Spirit today will give direction. If we will listen to your voice, if we will obey your words, oh God, then we will be better people. We will be better families. We will have better marriages. Oh God, and we ask in the name of Jesus today for anybody caught in two opinions today as to which direction they need to go. Father God, I pray today, although Adam and Eve disobeyed you and transgressed you, you never break up the family. You kept them together and you blessed them and you said be fruitful and multiply and replenish the hurt. And so many families, so many marriages are going through some things today that needs fixing. But fix it, Jesus. Fix it today, we pray. We pray that you will speak to every heart, speak to every wife, speak to every husband, speak to every child today. And I pray, God, that stability will come to marriages. Stability will come to homes. Restore the home. Restore the marriage. Restore the love that people express for each other. Because if we know you, you are love. For you so love the world that you gave your only begotten son. And although we transgress against you, you still love us. Oh God, let love abide. Oh faith, hope, charity, but the greatest of this is love. And we pray that love will reign abroad in our hearts. Hear us today, Lord. We pray that a husband will love wife. A wife will respect husband. Children will respect mother and father. Because if we don't, then the society falls apart. So we pray for divine intervention today. Bless every family. Bless every home. Bless every marriage. Lord, we are having problems with the priest of the homes. 
that um, they are, we are weighed in the balances and we are found wanting. But we pray for every man, every husband today, oh God, that they will be brought to their senses and know what the Word said and accept your Word as divine because without you, there is no marriage. Without you, there is no home. Without you, there is no society. Without you, there is no church. So hear us today and have mercy, Lord, we pray as we cry out to you. And we pray for every church family today. Oh God, whatever they're going through, some have six husbands, some have unsaved wives, some have unsaved children. But we pray today that the word will go out that Jesus saves. That greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And we are your friends. We want to be your friend. Oh God, not an enemy, but your friend. Help us today, Jesus, and speak to our hearts. And we ask you once again that you will remember our world. Sickness, rage. Oh God. But we pray for a healing touch today. The words come back to us if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways that I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Bring healing, we pray. We need your healing touch. We need your healing touch, Jesus. We need your saving touch. We need the deliverance today. And hear us, Lord. Hear our cry today. Bless everyone. In the reach of my voice, those who are listening today, those who are going through situations that need your touch, those who are in the hospital, oh God, sick from the COVID, sick from other illnesses and diseases, we pray that you will have mercy today because thou art our Bahamin Kiliad, oh God. And so we cry out to you today and we look to thee from whence cometh our help. And I have come it from thee, who make heaven and earth. Thank you today for your blessing. Thank you for hearing us today. In Jesus' holy name, we say amen and amen. <laughs>